Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me across the pond is one of the Steves, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good afternoon. Welcome to lockdown. I wonder if uh, they know we're having the other Steve on. <laughs> Roy. Uh, well, well, fortunately, he got in touch with me earlier because you told him it was 4 p.m. UK time. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. So... I- I have corrected him. He does know it's 8 p.m. UK time now. Right, but does Roy know? <laughs> ah, well, no, that, that's a question I can't answer. Hmm. I was only here to fix your mistake. I said 4 p.m. You said 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, UK time. You you got your GMT and your Eastern Daylight Well, he knows he's done the show before. Well, he had to check with me. Oh, Otherwise, he'd have been here four hours ago. Just because it's birthday... I mean, there's no excuse. Well, it's a pretty good excuse. No, it isn't. It's an excellent excuse. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to find a... I can't even get in the stupid chat. Anyway, so if you have uh, chat capabilities, could you let Roy know to call Stephen Scott, please? Uh, yeah. Uh, unless Roy didn't hear you then or something. Yeah. Anyways... I'm doing it as we speak. Okay, so good start of the show anyways. And anyway. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So uh, it's a good day today. It was out yard working and everything else. I don't know what the weather's like there in the... Uh, Glorious. The Is it really? Oh, yeah. High 60s, balmy, summery weather, uh, perfect good, good. for holidaying. And, of course, this week, ordinarily, I would have been speaking to you live from the holiday island of Anglesey. Um, which is something that we've done uh, the past few years when, when we go up there for our week's vacation, except we're not there. Well, that, Anglesey is, is uh, you know, it was a cool place. It, it's, I mean, everything about the UK seems so cool because it's, you've got so many stories and every place you go to is like a long history versus, you know, a mere 200 in our country, you know. Well, no, I mean, your country's as old as ours. <laughs> No, it isn't. Yeah, well, we, we, I mean, it was there when we discovered it, so it was, you know... It, well, actually, it was the Spanish, but that's all right. We'll, well I'm talking about, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't something we came and built. You know, it was discovered. It, it was already there. When, when, you know, when Columbus or the Vikings or whoever, the Knights Templar, arrived in North America, it was there. Hmm. Yeah, they didn't bring it with them or, like, you know, floated out of the ocean. Anyway, Stephen's joined us. Yes. Steve, right. are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. I just realized it was your <laughs> birthday today. Yeah, thank you. I can't believe he dragged you onto the show on your birthday. 
Uh, I'm not doing anything else, Steve. What, you're, you're not, not going out? <laughs> no, I can go out. I just, I can't go out, out. <laughs> <laughs> but at you, least you're you know, somewhere scenic. Yes, there is that as well, yeah. And I was until I ended up in my back room with the computer plugged on. Oh, well, there we are. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying, Stephen? Uh, the, my back room's not scenic. I've got the window closed so people don't think I'm any more weirder so than I am. So you'd rather be outside than talking with me? Is that what you're trying no, to No, not at all. Not at all. You should have just said yes. I, 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 couldn't think of any, I couldn't think of any better way of celebrating your birthday than speaking with me anyways. Well, I, can. <laughs> I, thought you said you I thought you said you didn't know it was my birthday. <laughs> I didn't until I went on Facebook and, and then it, they pop up that little thing. I know. Scott's yeah. birthday. I keep trying and to talk off. Yeah, and I've been away from uh, Facebook for I go I pop on maybe once and that's it. Just pop a couple of, uh, oh, notices and disappear. Uh, but anyways, I, I wanted to talk about um, something that is intriguing, and, and I figured, oh, my God, we're like three people that should be talking about it more than anything. Uh, we have you, of course, Stephen Scott, who is a uh, spiritualist. Are you, are you a spiritualist minister? Is that what they call No, themselves? no, I'm not a minister. What do they, what do they call it? A spiritualist, anyways, right? A spiritualist, yeah. All right, that works, right. A medium and a, a me, spiritual, uh, whatever. A medium, medium and spiritualist, how's that? That'll do it. And I, who have been studying <laughs> studying the uh, the red light science for over six years now, uh, and of course we have Steve Parson, who knows everything about everything, and is is a council member for the SBR, a member of the Ghost Club. You just and, say I'm a skeptical, cynic, hard nosed materialist. No, I don't think so. But anyway, uh, so. You know, here we have some some people that actually know a little bit of, of what the hell we're talking about, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and and the, the thing I want to know is, why do you think, and, and I'll throw that to either one of you, I don't really care, why do you think that people all of a sudden, uh, you had organized religion all through the, the years, and then we came into this era when we came up with this uh, new, I guess it's a, we'd call it a new religion, spiritualism. Is it new? Mm, I don't think I mean, it's we, new. I mean, we're, we're, always, we're always inventing it's, it's new religions, birther, aren't we? True, but I mean, why, why, when you have, I mean, isn't it a different way of looking at, at religion? Is it? I wouldn't have thought so. It seems very similar to every other religion. I mean, in all the other religions, you pray to a deity. In this particular one, you mm. deal with the deity. You you actually speak the deity. Well, I'm not say the deity, but the the departed speak through people to get messages across. Where we would pray to a de deity for uh, messages. There are several other religions out there that also talk to the dead. That's not what I said. What other religions, by the way? Well, I, actually, Stephen, correct correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been to several spiritualist churches and, and assemblies and ceremony, um, services, and they pray to God. They do indeed, yeah. It's the fatherhood of God is the first principle of spiritualism. Okay, so 
Moving on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm trying to understand that. That's. I'm just trying to understand. But why? Why do we add that? That second? Because part of. Am I wrong? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not. I am no expert on the spiritualist church by any, any form, means, or manner. Is, is you have if you do pray. I mean, you you do. God as part of your service. Then, but why do we go? You go from that to and then go to where you have. Someone standing up in, or, or I mean, give us a, you know, Steve, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I know what you're going on. Yeah, it's like, and well, and God, put it does. this way: uh, <laughs> if if you attend a, a regular Christian church service, I'll call it a Christian church service, which captures you know Catholicism, Protestantism, or whatever, uh, you know, schismism there is actually out there within any form of modern religion. What you have is a minister who's standing there, who's giving a sermon talking about words within the Bible and bringing in information that he has been guided to provide for his congregation on any given day. Okay. Now, as a spiritualist, I, I see that as guidance to that individual, telling them what to say and what to do. The, the, the main difference is, is that, uh, certainly from the organisations that I have been part of, spiritualism, we do not hold the Bible up and say this is the only word that is blah blah blah, you know, because that Bible has been written by people. That Bible has been written by human hands, and it's gone through several iterations over thousands of years. In fact, it's not even old enough to be called thousands of years. It's it's only what was it about twelve hundred years old, Steve? If I remember right. Well, they revived the it again in the seventeenth century. They did a certain uh, yeah, kind of angry Scotsman did that as well, didn't he? Well, the Catholics <laughs> took it out of the witches. <laughs> yeah, well, the Catholics had a good revise of it in the 17th century, as did That's the Anglicans. Right. Pretty well, yeah. everybody. So it's it's been revised to match the times and to match whatever the political trend is that wanted to get specific thoughts and feelings out to the masses, not necessarily as a form of control, although that's what I believe it is, but uh, but to get them around to a certain way of thinking, to push or steer a country or religious pattern in a certain direction. Mm. You know, now within spiritualism, we do not look at the Bible as the be-all and end-all of whatever. I have never in my lifetime came across a spiritualist church. They have copies of the Bible, but I've never heard them talk from it or quote from it. Now, some mediums, when they're giving an address, will occasionally quote from the Bible because that's their personal go-to place. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of stories, information, uh, and uh, advice, and uh, good uh, guidance within both the Gospels and, you know, you know the, the, the tales of whatever you want to pick from whatever part of the Bible. It's a bit grim in the beginning, but it gets better before the end. I'll no spoil it for anybody telling them what happens. But um, at, at the end of the day, uh, ultimately, there's a big difference between what organised religions put down in words and what happens within a spiritualist community. Within the spiritualist community, we look at it as the power of God has the capability to speak through everyone if you'll just stop and listen. Mediums are not divine people. We are normal people who are opening ourselves up and looking to develop the skills that everyone has to gain these messages of information, not necessarily from God. We don't say God is talking to us, because that would just be crazy. You know, what we say is, is that there is a... Oh, you, have, you have a lot of mediums that, that do channel 
supposedly God and, and yeah, all these as well. Uh, yeah, yep, God and uh, you know, Tattle brother, brother ones, yeah, yep, the emperor, they channel them as well, and sure. um, Buddha, who knows, you know, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Urkel, I'm sure, they, I'm sure somebody out there channels Urkel, and yeah. <laughs> um, Emperor you, you Ming, know, big, yeah. big bird, yeah, I'm sure they're yeah. all out there doing all that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, what we look at is there is a divine order of things. There is a, a divine ordering force within the universe and the cosmos. There is a ministering force underneath that, which we call the ministry of angels, which then, oh, this is within the organized spiritualist religion. And then with underneath that, you have the generic kind of more, when you pass, you go to spirit, you retain your knowledge, your information, your understanding, and you build on it. And that's where the communication level comes in. You know, it's, I, I personally, I've, been, I've probably been quite lucky. I've only met a handful of people that claim to be talking to a god mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And uh, that usually is, the, if, if you don't get the laugh from me, then the first thing you get is, the, the first thing you get to see is my tail on the way out the door because I'm just not entertaining that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that any God force has got much more important stuff to do than to come down and talk to little Mrs. Miggins from the corner shop to tell her that your dad's happy. That's not God, that's spirit talking. Now, uh, one thing I did want to correct you is I never mentioned Bible, what you brought Bible in. There are, there yeah, are yeah, many, no. many methods of it. And the, and the only, supposedly the only laws of God are the ones that were on the Ten Commandments because everybody else was mm. written by man. Uh, but anyways, the as far as... Uh, God, you don't think God speaks through people, but even in our religion, we believe that God does speak to us uh, on a personal uh, level. Hang on, Rod. No, what I said was, is God is not the one who's going to give you the message from your gran. Okay, okay. That's right. your gran. So, so you, do you believe that, that God uh, speaks to us? Yes. Yes, there is a. You can call it whatever you want. Some people call it the loving father. Some people call yeah, it yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, whatever well, you choose to some, call it. Some addicts, yes, whatever, whatever you, yeah, yeah, whatever you believe all, in. Yeah, yeah, I believe that whoever you believe in, you know, yeah. that, that we're all connected to mm-hmm. that uh, natural divine energy. We just have to stop and listen. It guides and assists each and every one of us, but we do have to stop and listen to it. You know, and it's it's for the for the same reason that you you you, you can have people that ju- that just know you you know when something's the right thing, and I, I mean that in a moral sense. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a different country, it might not be the right thing in that country. You know, there are still countries in the world where, you know, uh, to the west, I, I don't mean the west, but uh, to, to to certain eyes, you know. Arranged marriages and young girls yep. being married at Show, twelve. Showing is, your face in public for a woman is is unacceptable. No, right. but I'm I'm not talking about showing your face is a is a is a thing that's imposed upon by a certain religious requirement. I'm talking about we have more uh, uh, social things happen. For, for oh, example, okay. you, you know, you're arranging marriages for young children to m- marry older people and all that kind of thing. That's perfectly acceptable in that society, but in our society. We frown upon that. It's not acceptable. So, but if, if truly God, there was a God force that was influencing everything, then how can two completely different areas have such different moral standpoints? And that comes down to more the human side of things, how you're brought up, how you're reared, and what you're told is the right and wrong thing to do. The morality of religion 
is a very different thing from what you get from a religion. You know in yourself if something's right or wrong. And to me, that's that godlike connection. The morality we are told is very often imposed upon us by our own society that we're brought up in. Yeah, our, our own upbringing. It blurs. It, yeah. yeah, brought on by our upbringing. But, okay, so I want to switch off to a little bit about the morality, morality science, and, and then we go back to the uh, where we get message side. Okay, so a medium basically delivers messages. Now, the rise of spiritualism, uh, we, we saw a lot of people back in the 1800s and, and even before then, starting to use devices to speak to uh, spirit rather than just the medium alone. In other words, they, they uh, cut out the middleman, I guess you would say. And uh, it, it, why do you think the shift in there from that? Well, tech, tech, technology has always been a, a lovely thing to have. And if, if you can have something that cuts out the middleman, then you're going to do it. That's just human nature, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that. Uh, but also, uh, I don't think it's just that. There's, there's also the rise of technology and science coming along with it. And this is where things always come into, you, you know, to kind of butt heads because uh, science wants religion to be, or science wants I'm going to use the term spirit. I don't mean spirit as in the spiritualism sense. I mean the world of spirit and all this type of religious stuff. Science wants it to behave itself. Just sit there, do A, B, C, and we'll record D, and that's fine. But it's never that simple because you've got, you've got so many variables. Likewise, religion wants to get a message across. Or sorry, not religion. The spirit realm wants to get a message across. And it will take any sort of medium to do that. If you swap a medium as a person with a medium for a machine, provided you know what you're doing and provided you are open to the possibility that you may just be picking up static, you may be picking up a radio station, and also you may be picking up your own needs to hear something, then what happens there is is that if you can get a genuine message through a machine, then it's natural to do that because that gives you a method for recording and realizing and making real What's just happened? Yeah, but you know, it's not just—it's not just science. I mean, because we're talking about Ouija boards, we're talking about uh, physical mediumship, which is a little mm-hmm. bit different than than uh, you know uh, mental mediumship, where you have a, a medium delivering messages. Now we have uh, messages coming through a table, a Ouija board, a glass, uh, or whatever, and, well, and there was a sh- some type of a shift. Mm-hmm. Real physical mediumship, when, and I'm going to split this down a little. This is from my experience. I have yet to encounter what I would consider to be real physical mediumship, where I'm sitting there and spirit levitates a trumpet off the table and makes a sound come out of it, a voice come out of it, you know, manifestation, direct voice, all that kind of thing. I have yet to experience that. But granted, I have not looked into that. I've looked into maybe 1% of that. Okay, because uh, my focus lies elsewhere. Now, there's there's a big difference between that and a group of people sitting around, and this is where my science and engineering head kicks in, sitting around using a Ouija board or a table for table tipping, because I know there are tiny micro motor movements in your body every single second of the day, and I know that certain body movements will encourage others to do the same. 
And it's it's hard for me to look at, for example, things like table chipping, for example, uh, you know, Ouija board work as 100% reliable. Same as dowsing, you know, uh, pendulums. I'm I'm a natural skeptical person. That's why I'm I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to looking at my own mediumship because I'm very very hard on myself that way. You know, I know there's tiny muscle movements that do everything. I'm trying to remember what it was. There was that account in, I think it was Spain many years ago, where hundreds of people saw the statue of Mary swaying from side to side. Mm-hmm. But what had actually happened is they'd all in a kind of fugue state by singing, and the whole crowd was just moving from side to side, but it looked like it was the statue. Right. You know, it's, it's very easy for things to happen. We as human beings, we are so susceptible to changes in their own environment and in their own selves. And we have to make sure that the information we get is 100% reliable and accurate. And that's why it's really important when people do go to see a medium. You have to be sure that you can trust that person implicitly, that you don't have to believe what they tell you because they can be making mistakes. It does happen quite a lot. So, okay, i got to ask Steve Pass in this. Okay, yeah. so, so Steve... Steve's, uh, uh, what's your name? Scott. Um, <laughs> Steve's, Stephen Scott seems to be saying, be saying that, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, is that a medium would be more reliable than a, uh, you know, Ouija board or, or, but, or a table tipping or whatever. But how do they differ, Stephen Parsons? That's, that's not quite what I said there, Ron. That's right. Stephen Parsons, how are they different? <laughs> well, let's get the correct version first. Yeah. All right. What did you say, Steve? What I said is that every method is fallible depending on the person who's receiving the information and how that method is being distributed. If you have a broken radio, it could just be a broken radio or it could be translating Mm -hmm. information. The person that hears that needs to understand the difference between listening to a broken radio and listening to a spirit message. And if they've never received a spirit message, they're not going to know the difference. Therefore, they can't decide the truth. A medium who doesn't understand the message they're getting is going to give mixed messages, just like a broken radio. And trust me, I've been on a platform and in front of 100 people and felt like a broken radio so many times because you don't get the message across properly and you're desperate to do that. And then the person who's receiving it has to understand the information you're giving them, make the connection, know where it's going, and then be able to accept that message. So it's, it's essentially the same thing. That's, that's what I was trying to say is they're both fallible depending on who's hearing it and how it's being presented. Steve Parsons, yes. uh, either one of them reliable at all? Has there ever been any... <laughs> Any uh, uh, data collected that from the SBR or, or any other organizations that that uh, can shed some light on it? Uh, well, people have been – the SPR was set up specifically um, – that was one of the lines of inquiry that the SPR was specifically set up to examine. And um, that was back in 1882. It's now 2020. And the honest answer is we don't actually know. Yet there is a huge amount of data and information and testimony and accounts of really good uh, information that uh, apparently has come from some discarnate entity, some beyond death state. Um, but equally, it can be it can be criticised. It can be shown to be imperfect. Um, and so the reality is that we simply cannot give a definitive answer. We couldn't in 1882, and we can't in 2020. But just to return briefly to the point you you were talking about earlier I regarding. Had a point. 
regarding the difference, you know, why do people turn to technology? Why do you know? Why did the Greeks right. turn to the oracle? Why did uh, spiritualists turn to the Ouija board or the table or the psychophone or one of the other devices, the broken radio devices that we have today? It's simply because, uh, well, one of the reasons is is because, of course, if you are um, a medium or a minister or you have a claim, a direct connection to spirit, God, um, some higher power, some higher entity... That gives you uh, a degree of power and authority over people. And one great way of usurping that power is to sidestep it. And sidestepping it is, uh, by use of technology has been used uh, by in, in plenty of civilizations down the years. Um, initially, uh, with the Greeks and the oracles and the priests, the, the Egyptian priests, they kept these oracles, these sacred devices, these bulls and statues inside temples, hidden away from, from the, the masses and the public. But gradually they, they crept out, they were taken out um, and used by more and more people. Um, and what you have particularly from, uh, well, predominantly with spiritualism and, and slightly earlier with Emanuel Swedenborg, is a direct connection between the ordinary man, the man in the in the street, and the Godhead, the spirit, the the great power, and sidestepping the the priests, uh, the, the the controlling class, the elites, and so the, something as simple as a Ouija board gives you a direct channel to spirit. And you don't need a medium. And then mediums counter with, oh, well, it works better if it is a medium that's doing it. And then you have the situation like with Spiricom and George Meek, um, who, who uh, specifically said that it worked for him because William O'Neill was, was psychic. And that's why you couldn't replicate the Spiricom, even though you had the plans to rebuild it. Um, I was being very quick then because I'm mindful that we're crashing up close to an ad break. Yeah, I, I know, but I mean, I mean, we even looking back, it seemed like we get messages from from. I mean, we look at the priests, the early priests, and the early prophets from the Bible. They would, you know, they would cut uh, animals open and read their entrails and so forth. And it seems like you know, it you just didn't get that direct message. You had to go through something. You just couldn't sit there well maybe you, you, well actually maybe that the, the the cutting up of animals the the throwing of asparagus tips into the air the <laughs> tea leaves and all the other bizarre rituals are, are simply distractions they're mm -hmm. simply to you know confound and befuddle the other people into believing that you're doing something you see that in catholicism you see that in in most yeah. religions there is a huge amount of ritual and magic that goes on um you know when the priest walks up the aisle swinging his flaming lantern creating smoke everywhere I that's really it. no different than than the new mm -hmm. age witch smudging the haunted house to get rid no. of spirits or to no, cleanse it very very close unfortunately we get to take a break right now so anyways we do have a new uh Teller of Curious Tale, a new new one. We'll have that uh, in the second half of the show. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick, and our very special guest is the birthday boy himself, Mr. Stephen Scott, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. And we'll be right back after the following messages. 
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. Part two of Ghost Chronicles, the Corona Files, with New England's own Van Helsing. We're here in lock-in, lockdown in West Wales, the gold standard in ghost hunting. And, of course, our special guest tonight, the birthday boy himself, from up in the wilds of the Scottish rugged coasts, the birthday boy, Stephen Scott. And, because it's his birthday, we're all going to take a couple of minutes now to... Joy- before we do that... Just, yeah, just, just before just, we do that, I do want to mention that. Interrupt. Just before we mention that, I do want to mention today's show is brought to you by Circle oh, of Wisdom, God 386 Merrick Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street, uh, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. So uh, check them out. Anyways, carry on, Steve. Part one. Yeah. Now, because it's Stephen Scott's birthday, uh, we, we've, uh, we're obviously going to party and celebrate. So we're going to join Stephen now in having some uh, virtual birthday cake. And we're going to leave you with episode 28 of The Teller of Curious Tales. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. This is a story from modern Ireland. A young farmer had been killed in an accident, and as is custom in Celtic countries, his wake was being held. Neighbours had gathered to pay their respects to the dead man, who lay on a couch in his living room. During their lamentations, the door opened quietly, and an old man, bent almost double, tottered slowly into the room and sat down by the fire. It was old Donald 
who for many years had suffered from rheumatism which bent his spine. Donald joined the wailing of the mourners until a knock at the door was heard. It was opened and the village carpenter brought in a rude pine coffin. The dead man was lifted from the couch and placed inside. Then the mourners walked past to take the last look before the lid was nailed on. When old Donald crept over, he not only looked at the corpse, but taking the hand of his dead friend, he lifted it to his shoulder and in a pleading voice begged, Take me pains with thee, laddie. Take in the name of God. Take them! The lamentations had ceased. The room was hushed. Slowly, old Donald straightened. I think he hadn't been able to do for fifteen years. Standing upright, he discarded his stick and walked from the room. What was this? A miracle? Or was it just a variation of the laying on of hands? Any doctor can give you plenty of high-sounding names for a type of cure, and a really good physician recognises its existence. But he can't tell you why. At least not convincingly. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs>
angel, unicorn, fairy, dolphin cards, whatever you want to grab off the shelves. You have uh, rune stones. You know, trump you have uh, no. Nobody wants the trump cards. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we've all just got weird messages on them. Don't make any sense. Everything's far too short. You only got a broken. Uh, but you can read card. anything. That's the thing. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Yeah. And we're obviously talking about two different trumps. Uh, and, um, so uh, you've got all these different, you know, methods there for doing that. Ouija boards, things like this. And it's for some people, the act of direct communication may seem wrong because they've been brought up to believe a certain thing. Mm-hmm. For others, they may want to just try and experiment without going too deeply into something. I mean, it's mediumship is something that needs to be developed. It doesn't. You have a natural connection to it, but learning to let go of all your baggage to access your natural connection for some can take a very, very, very long time. And there's a lot of distractions about it. It's very difficult to switch off your brain. And sometimes people are just curious. So rather than going to a mediumship group and sitting in a circle for a couple of years to try and develop stuff, it's much easier and faster, and it's a shortcut to your own subconscious and accessing your own sub. Subconscious. I've just turned into a Sean Connery. Show. I was just going to say, yeah, James Bond is in the room. Wow. Sean Connery's in the room. He's been mixing about with his tarot cards. And <laughs> Billy Connolly. It's turning into Billy Connolly. It'll become uh, Navid. I'm still gaming a minute. Oh, uh, I love Navid. <laughs> so, uh, voice. <laughs> you've got the teller of curious voices now. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, what so, happened then? You know, it gives people uh, a direct access to the thoughts and feelings in their own subconscious, and they can then use that to interpret the messages that they're receiving, which can be, for example, divine spiritual guidance, or it could just be things that they're needing to sort out amongst themselves. Very well, it often, could just be people channeling Sean Connery. It could just be Sean. Is he dead yet? No. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You don't have to channel somebody who's, who's dead, by the way. No, that's true. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's Trump channeling then? Oh, uh, uh, Boris. I seriously doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) Not the moment, anyway. anyway. Uh, No, I was watching. I was watching your president giving a speech the other day, and we're talking about spiritualism. Well, so am I, because it it was it was like spiritualism because I understood the words. Mm -hmm. You know, he spoke English. The meaning. Utterly, Steve. utterly, yeah. It was just see words you, going together. See if you just quickly put a sock puppet up at the screen and move its lips. It, it makes more sense. Well, the thing is, I understood the words, but there was yeah. no meaning. There was no meaning. The... I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but when we get that same thing in when we do, when you have people that no, use, that's these, device, you can't use these devices, the when you use these devices to communicate, is, is they'll get a bunch of, of words that come out there, and they'll, they'll take them to fit uh, something that they're looking for. Uh, you know, it, you go to a haunted location, they use a spirit box all night now, and they get a bunch of stuff, and then they get two words that meant something uh, to, to the location, and all of a sudden, aha, there is evidence that it happened. So uh, so it, does that mean that, that uh, yeah. Mr. Trump is actually a broken POTUS box? We're only getting partial messages. No, but it was a great insight into why why he's so successful. Uh, yeah, very much, very much. It's, uh, it's, that is the key to success. And I'll, I'll tell you, this also applies in mediumship. Let's draw a parallel here and keep this on, on point because it's I've seen a lot of mediums who go on platform and say stuff but don't say anything. Yeah. 
very, very much. There's no actual message there. And then eventually they'll talk about your grandmother with slippers and folk will grab that because, oh, my, my grand had slippers, <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> because right. it's, it's something to grab onto. So, so is it more the receiver than the, the presenter? The way I was, it, to, to latch on to what Steve was talking about uh, before the break is all of these, like, methodologies and symbols and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not mantras, but it's uh, rituals that you see in a lot of modern religion and old religion. When I was training, we were not allowed to do anything or make any movements that may have been construed as using a focus or an item to channel what you're doing. Yes. You can move your hands, you can hold your hands. If you're wearing a ring, you can't touch it, rotate it, twist it, because you could be using that as a focus. If you have a necklace on, you're not allowed to hold it, twist it, rub it, touch it, because you could be using it as a focus. That's intriguing. Okay, so the, because it takes the, the ritual away, so that you, all you're trying to do is to channel the message that's coming through. You are literally the communication through which spirit is talking to the person that you're delivering the message to. You are not allowed to play with anything. You know, cufflinks can't touch them, can't fiddle about with so, them. So, I'm curious about that because wouldn't that aid in it? I mean, it, it focuses your attentions? I mean, no, it, because no. what it means is, is that you could be using a third-party device and not your own mediumship. So if you have a focus... So you're, you have a magic ring, is that what it's this It could very well be, yeah, but... Yeah. It's the it's the focus that's working, not you. It's just to it's to it's show it's here he comes again. It's it's so that <laughs> the it's so that anyone watching can say you delivered that message. You did not have any third party capability. You know, it's like the people that keep scratching their so ear. So it's it's basically know. for just for prevent fraud. Is that what it is? Well, it's not so much fraud. It's just the medium themselves might not realize they're focusing through an object. I don't understand. Okay, so you mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show that about our minds are uh, so, you know, uh, unfocused. They're so quiet. You know, it's so doing things all the time. And we have to focus them. And so why wouldn't holding a ring or or uh, whatever um, quiet your mind to the point where you, that's all you're focusing on? That, because that, that's what the medium's job is. It's oh. not the medium's job to – say Steve was going to test me and they sat me down and mm -hmm. then I'm fiddling about with a necklace. And he's like, what are you doing? I mean, the first thing you're going to wonder, Steve, is why is he fiddling about with that necklace? You know, then if you kick into a scientific point of view, you, you will start thinking, or hope, I know you would, but uh, you would start thinking along the lines of, well, is that him that's doing it, or is it the way he's focusing through that? Is it something to do with this necklace that's allowing him to do what he does? Whereas what I'm saying is... But is, isn't the, the message that's important and not how it, where it comes from or how it comes from? It is, yes, yeah, absolutely. But the message, what Stephen is saying is that the message then gets... Uh, side, you, you forget the message, message because you then focus on the device or the fiddling about with the ring or the the the, the box or whatever you're mm. using. So in actual fact, the message is getting lost because people are being sidetracked by the device or by the by the ritual. Uh, and and also, what about the day I, f I forget to wear my special necklace? Does that mean I can't do mediumship? Because I I know people right, who they have to take. They would turn up at the church with a, with a cushion, 
and this is their meditation cushion, they would have to sit in this cushion, then they would have to drink distilled water. Yeah. Then once they've drunk their distilled water, they would have to uh, do a certain meditation for a certain length of time. Yeah. And uh, But what happens there is that's building up baggage. Mediumship and spirituality is about letting go of baggage. You shouldn't need to pull all this stuff on board to do it. It should be something that's natural to everyone. And mm. that's the It's okay as training new tools. But the ultimate goal is to start letting go of all this stuff so that if someone say, if, if you arrive late at a church and you don't have time to do all your pre-baggage, what happens? So uh, on that case, then, why don't you just stand there and say, I have a message, da, 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 and just say it out there. And but That's it seems like no. Well, but it seems like every medium looks for someone for that message to go to. That's the words that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say again. It's because even when it's just you, the message is only good as what you're receiving, how you are on that day, how your mind is, how your body is, and whether or not the person sees. Sometimes it's it's not the message coming in; it's how we interpret the information, and how the yes, person I receiving it. That. That's the chooses purpose to take of the it. Yeah, but also how the person receiving it chooses to take it. Because you could give someone a piece of information, and they might not recognise the way I'm describing it. Isn't the clue here that the the actual descri- the, the the name medium? Because a yeah. medium is a is an intermediary between a message giver and a message recipient. Right. So, what you what you said before, why can't they just stand up there and give messages? And Stephen well, responded that they do, that they do, but the medium is simply the intermediary. Right, but I mean, you watch any gallery reading or, or you or any medium really. Mm-hmm. They always focus on one particular person, and well, of and course, and to, be an, to the point where they're asked questions. No, and, and, no, and of course, no, you have no, jobs. No, no, you can't ask questions. I slipped out on that one, but yeah, anyway, wrong. Yeah, okay. In order to be an intermediary, you have to have a message giver and a message receiver. Mm-hmm. For the medium to 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 function at all, so of course it is a fairly obvious thing that the medium will want to find the you know the recipient the of that particular mm-hmm. message. Now you know they can stand there and spout stuff, and and some of them do, and then they wait for the you know somebody to put a hand up and say that's for me, or they can go directly. And I've seen, and I'm sure Stephen's seen them uh, both methods in use yeah. equally effectively. Mm-hmm. But you cannot have a medium without a recipient of the message. Otherwise, the medium ceases to be a medium. Yeah, it's just someone well, standing there talking about it. You know, yeah. Otherwise, it becomes Trump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if you just you just throw stuff. It's like throwing shit against the wall I and mean, see what sticks. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's the same thing. It's uh, you know, it 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 doesn't make sense to me. It, it's you've got to have direct recipient, and and yes, you have a medium, but you've got but to isn't that increasing the focus? I, I repeat what I said. In order for I, the medium to exist at all, you have to have a message from somewhere. 
mm-hmm. and a recipient of that message in order for the intermediary, the medium, to exist. So the medium, unless, unless the message sender can go direct to the receiver, sidestepping the medium, and we talked about that earlier via possibly devices, um, then the medium has to seek out where that message is going. It's like if it, I can't just randomly post a letter to you without putting an address on the cover. I have to address it so that it knows where it's going. Mm-hmm. See, it's, uh, th- th- there's times when I've worked and I've known exactly where I'm going. When you stand there, you get the message, I talk about the energy, I build up what's forming, I build up the contact I'm making, and then all of a sudden you just get a sense and you go somewhere and you would turn and you say, can I come to you with this? I don't say, do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I say, can I come to you with this? You know, And then... If they go, no, no, I don't know anything about that, well, then you need to open it up because you as the medium are an error. You're making a mistake. You're getting something mixed up because we're not just talking about words. We're talking about emotions, feelings, sensations. You get, you can easily get overwhelmed with all this information coming in, and it's difficult. As a medium, what you're receiving is you're receiving thoughts, sensations, feelings, emotions, words, Images, sounds, smells, tastes, all at the same time. And you're trying to formulate a picture, put this into a coherent thought and message. Is this individual that's coming through talking about something that happened to them or something that's here now? Are they talking about, you know, something to be recognised with or a condition that they had or a condition someone here has? You're trying to sort all this out at the same time so that you don't get the message mixed up. Now, what that means is, is that sometimes it's coming in so fast, you just have to put it out. And then all of a sudden you'll get a pull or a draw towards someone, or you don't. You know, I'm maybe 80%, no, probably higher than that, 95% not going to get a direct connection with someone. Because I can, I, can, I can easily get overwhelmed with all this information coming in, and I want to focus on the information and retaining that so that I can go back to it and keep bringing it out and keep the energy flowing. And it's all about keeping this energy flow. You have to, as Steve said, you have to have your recipient for your communicator and if you don't the energy stops flowing it eventually stutters and dies on you so the first and most important thing you have to do is get the information out there get the energy in the room coming up and try and see it's almost like kind of power lines see which one of the power lines starts to become strongest start heading in that direction and then get the plug in the wall boom there's your there's your recipient then the flow starts happening better but you you know yourself that you you have you may know who the recipients, but you have people that jump the message, and but you know when they're not. You you know a good medium knows, and yes, you do get mediums that just that's the message grabbers. They'll put a hand up, but what happens there is is you're running AC, they're running DC. It's two totally different currents. You know when someone's grabbing a message, and everyone watching knows when someone's grabbing a message and a medium's mm. just unloading. Mm. But sometimes it's not a bad thing because you do get people that don't want to receive a message or they can't. Maybe the person that's coming through is too close to them, hurt them. They don't want to talk about it and they don't want to think about it. So someone else grabs it, and that message comes out in a roundabout way. They still get to hear what's been said but someone else has taken it. But that's down to the medium to make that call. I have also, done that once because... We also was... address the elephant in the room here, the mm-hmm. fraudulent mediums, because oh, yeah. it yeah. is perfectly possible to... I, 
and I, I, I've done it um, on a number of occasions, where you know that the medium is scattergunning, they're just throwing stuff out there, hoping that somebody's going to leap up and go, that's for you me. You mean a cold reading? Uh, no, it's scattergunning. Cold reading is slightly different. This is where they just randomly say, I'm getting a John, a Jim, he was killed yeah, in a car really crash. Really common and, names and yeah, so they they scattergun the audience with with oh, okay. sort of fairly common stuff, and then somebody will pick up on it because somebody somebody in a room of two hundred people will know somebody that died recently of a heart attack or something of a chest or a head, or they're showing me a bad back and they were elderly and they walked with a cane and does that mean anything? Blah 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 blah. Now, when when that medium is not being a medium, when they're a performer for money then you can, um, you, you, you can, and people will. They, they rely on the fact that people will leap up and grab that message. And if you want to play games with them, then you can leap up and play, take that message, and then you can lead them, lead them on a merry dance. Mm -hmm. uh, I have seen somebody try that with a medium who I held in, in sort of quite high, high regard, and the medium just looked straight at them and went, nah, sit down, this isn't for you. Really? Uh, yeah, because I mean, I knew that they were playing with the the medium, but this was a medium who, as I said, I held in very high regard. Um, and the medium saw immediately, as Stephen said, straight through them and just told them to sit down and shut up. Mm -hmm. You know, because it is, it's like trying to channel at, at something that, that that's not there. It's, it's like, it just hits a wall and stops. And it's, it's but as I say, that it, you need to work on that because it's it's very easy to allow your ego to be stroked and just to take it. You know, and the, 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 I have seen people do that. Sadly, I have seen people do that. Oh, it's all too common, particularly nowadays. Um, you know, pick a, well, I was going to say pick a pub on a Saturday night, except they're all empty yeah. and locked. But <laughs> yeah. you know, locally, many of our, you know, pubs have psychic evenings, uh, psychic nights where, you know, one of the local ladies uh, and her gang of mates all go out and then they all have a psychic night and she gives them the messages that they want to hear. And a room full of people who are inebriated. Exactly. Drinking tons of alcohol, who probably don't even hear what you're saying to them. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, you know, I, I stopped working under those conditions. Yeah. I, and I, then, I you know, they pat themselves on the back for having you know, raised 50 quid for charity and 200 quid yeah. for the medium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they all do it again the following week at a different pub up the road. Yeah. Which is... which Because it does diminish uh, the... the the other side of mediumship, the, mm -hmm. the genuinely helpful. Um, yeah, quite recently, I, I, I've always given the same answer, but quite recently I was asked by somebody who, who needed spirit, who was seeking spiritual guidance uh, about the efficacy of going to the spiritualist church nearby. And I strongly said, you know, I strongly advocated that they did so. Uh, because at least there you know that, you're, that they will be dealing with people who believe that their abilities are genuine and that they're doing with, with every good intent. Not just, just a psychic night to make Not money. just having a psychic night to get a new kitchen. Wow. Okay. We still there? Yeah, yeah we were all just Everybody listening just to died. That. Wow, that was like... You, no, we were, all, just, we were all... It's like, like Pavlich's dog there. It's <laughs> heal, boys, heal. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, thanks uh, a lot for joining us, Steve, on your birthday. I, I, I do, <laughs> apologize. do apologize. It's not like you could go out, is it? 
I can go out, but I can't go out, out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, anyway, if somebody wanted to uh, learn more about you, Steve, how could they do that? Uh, they, they could uh, check out my WordPress site, uh, stephenwkscott.wordpress.com. I've not been on it for a while, though, so don't blame me. Yeah, yeah. Been moving yeah. house. And is your book still available too? Yes, they can still get working from spirit, uh, and it's really good if you if you're stuck in with nothing to do like most of the world right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, anyway. So Steve, uh, they want to Steve Parsons. They want to find out more about you. How could they do that? They can't. I'm in lockdown. Really? Yeah. You can't go to the ghost no. hunters. No. Okay. Anyways, uh, you can find out more about me at any ghostproject.com. Check it out. And today's show, of course, was don't brought follow to you me. by... Don't follow me. Don't befriend me. Not this week, anyway. Ghost Protocols was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Thorne, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street in Suite 155 in North Andover, Massachusetts. So there you go. And uh, check out my site. That in. What's that? I'm glad you got that in. You forgot in part one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Did you get a refund if every time you forget? Yeah. Well, anyway, Steve, uh, thanks for joining us. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you, guys. Always a pleasure. Everybody, uh, good night. Stay safe. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.